0: Terry, you want to come share that word you got?
1: Um, I got up pretty early this morning, couldn't sleep, and started seeking the Lord. And uh, Came in here, and we started praying here pretty early to prepare for the service. And I just started seeing this picture um, pretty early this morning, and uh, I shared it with Brian a few minutes ago. I saw a, a wall, and the wall had a lot of holes in it. And uh, I felt the Lord was saying that uh, we are, ourselves have plugged those walls too many times. And when we plug walls, we leave blemishes and they still leak. So I, the Lord said the, the repairer of the breach wants to repair the, the holes in the wall, make it like, look like it's never had a blemish or a hole there at all but he wants to do the, the, whole, the whole work within us. And as somebody mentioned a while ago, we have to be willing to allow him to do that in us. So it's a matter of choice. Thanks, Terry. And I think,
0: hopefully by the end of this thing, that will kind of make some more sense, because I think that kind of ties in some things that I wanted to share this morning. Hold on a second, I'm going to open up my Bible. Well, I just got back from Florida, so it's nice down there. <laughs> About 80, 85 degrees, low humidity. I sat out looking over the intercoastal waterway, eating a grilled grouper sandwich, suffering for the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that was really good. I got to go down there and we had a conference, a prayer meeting down there with uh, some folks that I've worked with down at Dunklin. And uh, we had an awesome time in the Lord, just praying for one another and uh, seeking the Lord together. And, you know, the word that came out these are all ministers that have left there and went and started programs around the United States and actually around the world. And uh, the overwhelming theme of that conference was quit whining. <laughs> Quit whining, you know. Be grateful for where you are, where the Lord's brought you, what He's doing. You know, be thankful. And uh, so I heard that loud and clear. God spoke to me loud and clear of that message. Um, dealt with my heart about some things and worked me through a lot of stuff. So it was really cool. I laughed a lot. I laughed uncontrollably thinking about some of the. It's it, you know, I think back, especially early in uh, ministry. <laughs> it's a wonder (laughs) i mean god really is a miracle working god to be able to work in spite of some of our blunders and mistakes can i get a witness can i get an amen all right well i did some praying last night uh after i got through grumbling and complaining about not knowing what i was going to share (laughs) and um as I began to pray, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, what do, what do you want to say? You know, And I'm just going to read you right out of my journal what I felt like God wants to talk about today. Um, he said, son, my children have quit dreaming. They've grown discouraged with the resistance and obstacles. And they have believed the lie that they can't do it. there's an element of truth in this they can't do it but it was never theirs to do it was mine to fulfill tell my children to come back to me with their dreams and i began to you know began to think about that and process that and of course whenever i think of dreams i think of joseph you know i mean he comes to my mind quite often i I love that story, I love, um, you know, I love the process that Joseph went through, what he dealt with, and you know, I mean, if I got into that whole scripture, we'd be here for three days reading that. It's Genesis, I think, either 37 or 38 through 42 or 43, so there you go, there's your scripture reference. I'm going to just talk about it now. Can I do that? All right. (laughs) All right. but as I, I began to ponder that word, what I, what I began to realize is that some of us, you know, we set sail. You know, we put our sails out. The sails of our dreams, we put them out. The winds of destiny began to blow. Right? And we set sail. and We headed out. But some storms came, right? Maybe some enemies come and spoke some things, hurled some cannonballs through our sails. Huh? Maybe maybe some of us, are, even our masks got broken in the process. And there we sit. You know, Joseph was a lot the same way. Joseph was favored among all of his brothers um i think the reason why joseph was favored among all of his brothers is some of them old boys were hard heads they, they didn't really they like to do their own thing and they like to run on their own joseph really actually listened to his dad so i think that brought him some favor <laughs> how many of you know that you know uh, god appreciates it when we listen to him and we do what he asks amen So he was favored uh, by his father. His his brothers really didn't like him because his dad would use Joseph to go check on the boys out shepherding the sheep. And if they weren't doing what was right, Joseph would come back and he would let his dad know. Now Joseph was already ruling over his brothers. You see that? (laughs) He was already in an administrative uh, director type position Even though he was the youngest brother of them all at that time, he was already walking in the dream before he ever had the dream. So his dad sends him out, tells him to go check. Oh, and he had that coat that coat that stuck him every time he came around. That favor, the favor of the Lord. You ever heard that? You ever felt that? When, when somebody said, man, the Lord blessed us with $150,000. Praise God. Hallelujah. All our debt's been wiped out. We're debt free. Our house is paid off. We got a new car. Somebody just gave it to us. Really? Oh. Praise God. Huh? Hey, I'm just being real. Amen. Hey, man, you ever felt that? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that coat, boy, I tell you, that coat of favor. Joseph didn't have any problem sporting that coat either, did he? Huh? He sported that coat pretty, pretty well, and uh, he he didn't have any problem with letting his brothers know that he was the most favored. Of all the children, so he has this dream, and in the dream, basically what he sees is um, he sees sheaves of wheat, and he sees his sheaves standing up, and all theirs bowing down. Basically, he feels compelled to share that with them, which. Let me say this to you, uh, you know, sometimes how we handle the dream is a big deal. <laughs> and Joseph, in his pride and in his arrogance, didn't didn't really see. What's up, Bubba? It's good to see you. I was hoping you'd be here. Uh, didn't see the fullness of the dream. He saw it from the perspective of him. <laughs> His own selfishness, his own self-centeredness. He probably was picked on. I imagine when when Dad wasn't looking, he got the kick in the rear, you know. Or they, hey, man, hey, let's let's put some of them uh, crickets in his pillowcase tonight. Huh? See what happens. You know, I'm sure he got pranked on or what, I don't know. But he he really felt the need to share those dreams he had another dream that, that basically said the same thing so he shares with them the dreams and of course they didn't like it well, it said that Jacob hid that hid that back in his heart he, that thing stayed with him and uh, he like mm. he said what is this dream you got you know kind of questioned him on it and then he just kind of hid that back but the brothers were infuriated about it so dad sends him out to go visit. Um, to go visit um, the boys to check on them because they were in a place where they got in trouble quite a bit. <laughs> they were close to a town where there was a lot of wine, women, and song, and, you know, they weren't going to take care of the herds. They were going to go take care of themselves. So he sent Joseph out to, to check on them. Well, he went out there to check on them. Well, the next thing you know, um, they're plotting to kill him. So he's had this great dream of god he's had this great vision from god of what's going to happen and the next thing you know his brothers are plotting to kill him and make a long story short they throw him down in a well to, to let him die there well i guess one of the brothers sticks up for him says well let's not kill him let's you know let's do something else so they sell him into slavery so he ends up getting sold into slavery and i like this verse it says in genesis 39 2 it says now, now he's being sold in slavery now remember this and the lord was with joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the egyptian now he's sold into slavery but how does god see him his life it looks like his life's a mess a disaster He's sold into slavery. He's left his family. He's left his father. He's left everything. But God says he's a prosperous man. And he goes into Potiphar's house, which if you look at Potiphar and you study that out, he was basically the chief of police for Pharaoh. He he was head of Pharaoh's like the, the, probably like the secret service. You know, that's what he was head of. So he goes into Potiphar's house And he runs Potiphar's house. And Potiphar sees this dude's blessed right here, man. You know? And and Joseph never quit being faithful to the Lord. He continued to seek the Lord. Even though his life was in the mess that it was in. He continued to press through. He continued to seek the Lord. He he wasn't lazy. He was very diligent in his work. And he stayed at it. He kept at it. He He had something that's very necessary for the fulfillment of our dreams, are you ready? It's called stick to itness huh stick to itness keep going when the chips are down keep going and he kept going well then he gets then he gets cornered up by Potiphar's wife Joseph was a he was a looker, ladies, okay? He was hot, all right? That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say hot, right. but you know what I mean. So she was after him, and he stands up to her. He says, that's not, we, we can't do this. It's not right. And you can read in there and see what he says, but basically he stands up for what's right by the Lord. You know, and he says, "I'm not, I'm not doing that." You know, he was grateful for what Potiphar had done for him, for the position and the place that he had. Okay, but she worked out a way where he came back inside. She ripped his garment off of him, so he went running off in his underwear, basically, is what what the the scripture says. Well, now he's out there in his underwear. She's got his garment, so she goes, "Hmm, I got him." So she calls the men, some of the men from outside, and says that Joseph tried to put the move on her okay and she had his clothes and that's why he was out there in his underwear and he gets thrown in prison now it's funny in prison it's not too long before joseph becomes the head trustee (laughs) he's running the whole deal man do you see the dream getting fulfilled over and over no matter where he's at the dream of god is being fulfilled over and over, no matter where Joseph sat. And for two years, Joseph is in this prison. And he serves. And he serves gratefully. The the, the Pharaoh's butler and Pharaoh's baker get, stuck, get put down into prison. I don't know what they did. Some things said there was maybe some plot to, to kill Pharaoh or something. I don't know. But, you know, I don't know if he didn't Butler didn't bring him the right Chardonnay. (laughs) I don't know if the the baker gave him wheat when he wanted white. I don't know. But somewhere along the line, they messed the deal up, and Pharaoh stuck him in prison. He wasn't happy with them. And and it says in there, I want you to notice the change of heart in this guy, Joseph. Because now they get put down there. What does he do? It says that Joseph served them. Now he had the highest position other than the jailer in the prison. But yet he served him. Something's beginning to happen to him with the dream. Whoa, wait a minute. This, This dream's not about me. It's not about me ruling. It's about... Whoa, there's a transition happening here. Something's changing in Joseph's life. So the butcher and the... I mean the uh, the butcher and the baker, candlestick maker. But the butler and the baker have a dream. And Joseph interprets their dreams and basically tells the butler, you're going to be restored. And he tells the baker, you're going to lose your head. <laughs> God bless the prophetic. Amen? Right, Jared? <laughs> Isn't that? No wonder them cats got stoned, amen? But notice what he did, man. He stayed true to it. He didn't try to butter it up. He stayed true to the interpretation that God gave him. You know, sometimes I think when we try to speak something, we try to make them feel better. Well, you know, God. no, man. If God said it, speak it. If he's telling you to speak it, say it like it is. Don't try to just dress it up. Sometimes I think we get too worried about how people are going to receive something. We're too politically correct, or we're but we're so too nice about it. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're going to be mean to somebody, but we're trying so hard not to offend somebody that we don't even get the message that God wants us to speak across to them. God almighty. We, we, get, we get so uh we get so lost in worrying about how they're going to receive it. That's not our job. Just taking a little side note here. That's not our job. To, to know how somebody's going to receive something. Okay. Listen, let me tell you a story about... You look at a story about Stephen. Okay, Stephen spoke the truth. You look in Acts. Stephen spoke the truth. Okay, I mean, he spoke the truth. If you read what Stephen preached, man... It was like a Mike Tyson punch right to the gut. He nailed them. And they didn't like it. Said they were gnashing their teeth. Uh, I, I always wonder what that gnashing was. You know, was it? You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't get But But it's like, you ever felt like that, man? I, man, I bust you right in the mouth. That's what that is, you know? It says they were gnashing their teeth at him. You know, he, they were upset. And it said that Saul of Tarsus, who would later become Paul, was holding their coats as they began to stone Stephen. But I want you to notice something here. Stephen spoke the truth, but he never lifted one finger to defend the truth because the truth will always speak for itself. You don't have to defend the truth. The truth will defend itself we're called to speak the truth we're not called to defend the truth and he spoke the truth to death but notice what that truth did a couple of chapters over now you know Saul of Tarsus is sitting there looking as this guy's being stoned and he says father forgive them but they don't know what they're doing jesus stood up looked over the balcony of heaven <laughs> wow Amazed. Two chapters later, Saul of Tarsus, in all of his glory, in all of his pride, in all of his intellect, he knew it all. He was so smart. He was a teacher of the law. Yes, he was. God knocked him off his high horse. You know, I'm going to say that too about Teachers love you but sometimes teachers need to be knocked off their high horse because we think we know something mm, don't shout me down now when i'm preaching good we, we lose sight of the order of how god wants to establish the church remember apostle prophet teacher huh apostle prophet teacher pastor evangelist what we've done in the church in america now i'm really i'm really branched off i'm gonna bring this back i promise but what we're doing in, in the church in america today is we've eliminated the apostle and the prophet the heavenly vision that's where the heavenly vision comes from okay we've eliminated that and we've set our churches up under the teacher the pastor and the evangelist we've made it all administrative but we've lost our heavenly vision That's why we don't see miracles and things taking place in the church like it's supposed to be. Because we don't have a proper order of the apostles and the prophets receiving the heavenly vision. The teacher taking that heavenly vision, being able to communicate it to the people. And the pastors and evangelists meeting the needs of the people. That's the order. But a lot of ways we're out of order. Anyway... (laughs) So Saul gets knocked off his high horse. And Jesus makes an interesting statement to him. He says, Why are you kicking against the goads? Now, a goad is a stick with a sharp point on it. And he used it to drive oxen. And they would prick the oxen to get them going jesus was saying is why are you kicking against the pricking there's a pricking in your heart why are you fighting it i believe that that situation that happened with stephen two chapters before pricked his heart and and saul's like is it lord is it you (laughs) only god knows the heart he knew that and the transformation of saul into paul began to happen why because Stephen spoke the truth, but he never lifted one finger to defend the truth. So Joseph, serving the butler and the baker, gets their dreams interpreted, and sure enough, exactly what he said would happen happened. But now he asked him He asked the butler. He said, "Hey, now you going up there. Remember me now." Now, he wasn't satisfied with staying in that prison, okay? Just because you're in a bad place don't mean you need to be satisfied with being in a bad place, okay? He wasn't going, well, I'll just sit here till God delivers me. No, man, hey, listen, if there's a way out of this deal, I want out. <laughs> and maybe this is it. <laughs> so I'm looking for it. And the guy forgets about him. Come on, man. Hey, hey, I got you back, dog. Hey. Love you. You know? Come on. You ever felt that way? <laughs> so then Pharaoh has a dream. And he has a dream. And he sees seven big cows and seven scrawny cows, the scrawny cows, vow of the big cows. He has another dream on the same lines. And He's trying to find somebody to interpret this dream. It troubled him in his spirit. Trying to find somebody to interpret this dream. And he sends for everybody to try to interpret it. Nobody can interpret it. And then the butler goes, hey, I got a guy. (laughs) I know a guy. He says, there's this guy, Joseph, and he interpreted my dream perfectly. So, overnight, now check this out. Now, this this is something I I heard last night. Overnight, the dream that stuck him in a hole (laughs) provided the way out of the hole. (laughs) The dream that got him in a hole was the dream that got him out of the hole. Now, it really wasn't the dream that got him in the hole. It was his handling of the dream. that got him in the hole. But it catapulted him right out. And there he is standing before Pharaoh. And he interprets the dream. And Pharaoh says, dude, you're awesome. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) He said, I'm putting you in charge of everything. Because Joseph was very administrative. He had some Tulio in him. Amen. How many of us thank God for Tulio? Amen. We need our Tulios man, man, Uh, I got a, I got a, I got one called a Greg and how he puts up with me. I don't know, but he does. He, he loves me. That's the only way he puts up with me. (laughs) But he puts him in charge of King and man, what a wonderful end to the story, wasn't it? I mean, dude, he was delivered out of prison, you know, and, and I mean, he's, he's exalted up man he's he's ruined the king the fulfillment of the dream has come to pass he's he's like second in command over everything isn't that wouldn't that be great if that was the fulfillment of, but it's not is it it's not the fulfillment of the dream the dream wasn't yet fulfilled it came into the time of famine and in the in the time of famine His brothers came and they were hunting some grain. And they came and guess who they bowed down to? Joseph. See anything? Remember anything? And there was some, there was a restoration process. I don't know that Joseph was playing games with him through that whole deal. I really think it was a restoration process. They really had to get real in their heart before God and own some things before God to really deal with what they had done to Joseph. Because what they had done to Joseph was very wrong, very heinous. So that had to be dealt with. But when it was all said and done, the purpose of the dream was not so that Joseph could rule over them and lord over them. The purpose of the dream was so that he could take care of his family through a very difficult and very hard time. And it took Joseph a long process to get there. To come to the place where he realized that the dream really wasn't about him. But the dream was about serving and giving and loving others. See, we set sail out on with these big dreams. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I'm gonna and I'm gonna and then I, I'm gonna do and then I'm gonna and then I, 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 me, 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 I, I, me, me, I. Huh? Come on now. You know, anybody had big dreams in here? Come on, raise your hand. Been a little I in it. Been a little me in it. it has been in mine. God's taken us through a process. And in that process, you're in the middle of getting your dream fulfilled. And you've lost, but some of us have lost sight. Some of us have grown discouraged in the fulfillment of that dream. And you're wondering what's going on. Well, the what that's going on is the changing in your heart so that you'll truly be able to walk in the fulfillment of that dream. Because the dream's not about us. The dream's not about me. And the dream's really not my dream. You hear me? The dream is God's. It's His. It's His vision. It's His dream. It's not mine. But He wants to fulfill it through us. We get to do it with Him. He's transforming and changing us and preparing us and walking us along the way. Some of us look at circumstances and situations and, you know, there's an old saying that says, you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good. I want to change that around. I think sometimes we're so earthly minded we're no heavenly good. I think sometimes we look so much at what we can see that we never step out in faith. We never trust God in the miraculous. Let me say this to you as an elder here. We've never had enough money to pay the next staff member. Was it in the budget, Tom? Huh? It never was. <laughs> but if God said it, we did it, and he provided for it. Now, did sometimes we wonder if he was going to provide? <laughs> and sometimes God waits right to the last hey! to go huh but folks we've got to get that back that courageous faith that courageous wild trust in god we've got to come alive again with that dream with that vision hey wait a minute man i'm not staying shipwrecked anymore lord prepare my sail god give me a new mast Some of us have gotten shipwrecked in bitterness and anger and hurt from other people that have discouraged our dreams or said something. Or we've gotten in a dream and maybe somebody was ungrateful or somebody did something to us in the midst of that or somebody wronged us or whatever. And We've gotten shipwrecked in unforgiveness and bitterness. And we're living in that place. And yes, things hurt. Stuff people say hurts. That's sticks and stones, break my bones, that's a bunch of crap. It hurts. And I know it hurts. But we can't stay there. I love what Paul says when he's dealing, I think it's with the Corinthians, and they're suing each other, and he's getting on them about suing each other. And he comes to the end of that. He says, you guys are suing each other and and going to court over, you know, the church could handle this if you let the church handle it. But then he comes to a principle, and he says, why not rather be wronged? Huh? Huh? Well, because I'm right. Why not rather be wrong? Well, because I'm right. And we're our own best defense lawyers, aren't we? We have those arguments in our heads. And we fight. And we're going to declare that we were right. And they were wrong. And we've got our whole folder laid out, our our yellow legal pad. Our yellow legal pad with the clipboard hanging up. This is what they've done to me. Listen. You're not where you're at because of what somebody did to you. You're where you're at because you're not letting God deal with what somebody did to you. And it's time to quit blaming and pointing the finger. It's time to humble ourselves. Lay down our right to be right allow God to change our hearts and deal with our hearts quit fighting and bucking some of us think we know something that's why we're stuck in our dream we think we know something and we're not going to depend on anybody else to help us bring this dream about because it's God gave me this dream and I'm going to fulfill it I'm going to grind it out huh? let me tell you i'm speaking from a lot of
1: experience
0: okay a lot of it but we think we know something and god has positioned people all around us to help us fulfill that dream but we got to do it you can't do it god never asked you to do it he's the one that fulfills the dreams he didn't ask the israelites to overcome the giants they're the ones that got afraid of the giants. God's not afraid of the giants. God overcomes the giants. We get to be with him and get to be a part of that. we got to humble ourselves. Say, Papa, I don't know, I know what I'm doing. I'm messing this thing. I see. You know, now I'm going to step on a little bit of toes now, okay? So... Go love on me now. We got a lot of college education around here, huh? Got a lot of brilliant minds here. A lot of intellect. But at the peak of our intellect we'll never reach God. peak of our intellect will never reach god i don't care how many books you read how many tests you pass i'm not saying that's wrong god used a very educated man to write most of the new testament i'm not saying that's wrong that's very that's a very awesome gift that god's given you your intellectual mind and your brain and your the thinking that you're able to to do god bless you because i sure don't have it okay but it needs to be brought under submission to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Paul said, I, I he said, I, I had it all. I knew it all. I was a Pharisee among Pharisees. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. He said, But I consider that all nothing. To know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings. Oh, that's one. The fellowship of his sufferings. You want to know God? You really want to know God? Do you really want to know God? Do you really? Because if you really want to know God and you really want to fight intimacy with God, there's suffering involved with that. There's the fellowship of His sufferings. There's been times in my life where things have happened to me and things have been done to me that were wrong. But when I got in the presence of God, I broke and I wept. I said, Papa, I said, what? Your son went through. Oh, never knew (laughs) I just tasted a little it's so good so good you think we know we don't know we need him remember simple in our weakness his strength is made perfect Paul said, I'd rather boast in my weakness that He, that His strength be glorified, that who He is would be glorified, that who He is would be lifted up. That's the heart that walks in the dream of God. When you watch Joseph and you look at what he went through, everything that he faced, the fulfillment of that dream was when he was able to take care of his father his brothers and help them and at the end of it all he wasn't accusational towards them he said this was god's plan all along he wasn't bitter he wasn't angry he said god was working and moving all along and i see now (laughs) i see like what did job say first i heard about you with the hearing of my ears Now I've experienced. See, back here in the vision, he didn't know what he was talking about. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you something. Down here, oh, he knew. He knew that he knew, that he knew, that he knew. (laughs) And God fulfilled the dream in Joseph's life. Let God fulfill yours. You know, I'm in the middle of, of God fulfilling you know one of the dreams that he's laid on my heart and that's to have a regeneration program with men in it that are learning about christ and being changed by the mercy and grace of god i can tell you right now and some of the elders here have watched me some of y'all jared some of y'all know me you've seen me go through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of ins and outs But I see God fulfilling his dream. And in the process, he's changing me. (laughs) He's growing me. He's teaching me. He's helping me. He's so good. (laughs) So, Tulio asked earlier, I don't know if God puts a foot in your butt. Yeah, he does. But there's a lot of love on that foot. (laughs) Amen? Never once been corrected by God that I left feeling condemned. It's usually like this, man, the Lord really got me this morning, man. He really lit me up, but I know He loves me. Amen? And we need that, don't we? I want to talk to you about the last thing that can shipwreck our dreams or stop us from moving forward. There's probably many things. These are just the ones that I came up with here, okay, or God gave me. Hopefully I didn't come up with them. Hopefully it came from Him. is our mistakes, our failures. And I want to say that to you, that God's bigger than our mistakes. God's bigger than our failures. He is. Trust me, He has to be. (laughs) He's working with me. (laughs) But I think sometimes in the midst of our dream. We handle the dream wrongly. And we make some decisions that are wrong and we do some things that are wrong or maybe we stray away from God. We get involved in something that we shouldn't. Or we do something that we shouldn't and we operate in something that we shouldn't. And I think that that were, were the holes that Terry was talking about. You know, there's there's holes there. There's mistakes. There's there's things that that we've done that that we regret to this day and we dr- and we live life driving in the rearview mirror we're constantly looking back at what we did wrong how we failed and god spoke this to me he said robbie i want you to look back I said, but i don't want you to look back at your failures he said, I want you to look back in the monuments in your life that I've set up in your life of what I've done. It's okay to look back and see God's goodness. It's not okay for you to look back and see your failures. Because your failures have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And you're washed white as snow. He no longer, when you, many, we sometimes we confess the same sin over and over and over, don't we? It's like paying the December light bill for four or five months. Now you wouldn't do that, would you? Would you pay the December light bill in March if you'd already paid it in December? Heck no. We already got enough problems with this power company around here. Trying to jack our power up during the winter. Huh? Anyway, sorry. That's not really unforgiveness. That's just a corporate thing, you know. But you know we we consistently it's like we massage this thing. It's like we look at this thing and we we never we never we, we don't seem to ever want to try to get over it or ever don't get over. It. We we keep letting the enemy bring us back to that. Look where you failed. Look where you failed and what I want to say to you is this. God today wants to stop that. He wants to put a lid on that deal believe that i believe that he's tired of his children being attacked by their past failures by their past mistakes because the enemy's quick isn't he to come in like a flood on those things say look what you did here maybe it was a failed marriage maybe it was a failure in business maybe you lost your job and you didn't handle your finances right and things are Not going well. And every day you're looking at what I did wrong. Where I went wrong. Maybe it's your children. Maybe one of your children is not living right or something. And you're looking back at, you know, did I parent them right? Did I do right? And the enemy just beats you slapped to death with those things. But God doesn't want us to spend our life looking back. At everything that we've done wrong. It says in uh, Philippians 4. It says that he wants us to focus on those things that are good. Those things that are right. Those things that are pure. Those things that are holy. He wants us to look on those things. Not the mistakes and failures of the past. And we all have them, folks. Can I say this to you, though? That's why we need a Savior. (laughs) Nobody in here perfect. Ain't no perfect church folk. Okay? If you're perfect, you're in the wrong place because you're finna get messed up. Okay? <laughs> you better go somewhere else. Alright? But there's not. There's no perfect church people. Sometimes we come in here, praise God, hallelujah, how you doing? Got a scripture for you. Come oh, on, man. Let's get real. We all blow it. We all mess up. We all get angry. We all make selfish decisions, but that's why we need a Savior. That's why He was the Lamb that was led to slaughter for our sins. To forgive us. To grant us mercy. And you keep trying to get it right. That's that's, that's one of the problems too. You keep trying to get it right. You keep, man, if I could just, I'll just get it, I'll get it right this time. And it happens again. Or you'll declare, I'm never doing that again. I'm making a vow. I'm not going to do it again. And there you are, Friday night in the club. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I'm not saying anybody's doing that. But But remember, it's in our weakness that His strength's made perfect. And and this is a common principle in, in drug and alcohol recovery. And it's the first step in AA. I got anybody in here knows any any of the steps in AA? Anybody? I'm asking. Come on up here. We're going to have you share the first one. Come on. You people want to go eat some breakfast. You Remember the first step? All right, share it with us. It's
1: admitting. Admitting, right? That's what it's all about. Admitting Admitting that what?
0: Who else? That's it. Admitting? Anybody else? You ready? We admitted that we were powerless over drugs and alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Hmm. Powerless. The whole 12 steps of AA hinge on that step. If you don't have that step, none of them matter. Good job. Admitted we were powerless. Second step came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Guys, that's not just drug and alcohol recovery, that's Christianity, that's life. Admitted, I was powerless. Admitted, God, I can't overcome this. I can't shake this thing. I don't know how to change it, God. I fall on my face before you, Lord. I give you my life. Have your way with me, please, Lord. I give myself to you. I'm weak, but you're strong. Let your strength be made perfect in my weakness. That's how we change. (laughs) I don't know of any other way, Tom. Do you? (laughs) I don't know any other way. We've got to let the Lord help us work through those things. I want to do something this morning. What time is it, Tulio? What is it? Is it? (laughs) Yeah, we got some time now. Um,. Does this make sense, anybody? Am I just blabbing or anything going on here? All right. How many of us in here feel like we're shipwrecked in some of our mistakes? Keep your hands up now. Those of you that have walked through some of that, keep those hands up. I want you to gather around them right now. Let's go. Gather around them. We're going to pray. Father, I I don't want this to just be another time where we pray because that's the right thing to do to close a service, God. I don't want to do that. Lord, I I want this to be real. Lord, we we need to change in these areas that we're struggling with, God. We need a lid put on these things that we keep looking in the rearview mirror at, God. We need your help. And we cry out to you, Lord, in our weakness, in our weak place, God. We cry out to you. And God, we ask that your strength, God, would be made perfect in this area. We we admit that we're powerless. <laughs> we're powerless over this area of our life that the enemy keeps condemning us on. And, and we, we admit that our lives have become unmanageable in this area of our life. And we're shipwrecked consistently looking back at this thing, back at this thing, back at this thing, Lord. God, I pray that today by the power of your Holy Spirit. That you free us. That you free us of this thing or these things, God. That we keep looking back of These things that you've long since forgiven, God. These things that you've long since shed your blood for, God. I pray, Lord, that today we receive your forgiveness. Because it's your forgiveness. It's your blood that brings about the change. It's your grace. That brings about the change. Now, I want to do something. And we're going to get a little crazy here now. Those of you who raised your hands, I want you to say, Lord, say that. Do you forgive me? I'm doing this for a reason. I'm going to preach this for a second about that. Many times we ask God for forgiveness, but we don't take time to hear Him and receive His forgiveness. Okay? There's a big difference between asking for forgiveness and receiving forgiveness. So I want to ask that again. Say, Lord, do you forgive me? go, let it go, it's alright it's alright
1: yeah, let it
0: go let it go let it go let it go yeah let it go Yeah. yeah Jesus been there a long time a long time yeah thank you God thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you Jesus 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 just say Lord there anything else you want to say to me? Listen in your heart, not what you intellect. Father, thank you that you speak to the deep places in our hearts. And in you speaking to those deep places, you set us free. We find salvation only in you, God. Only in you do we find salvation. And I just pray that in every person here, not just those who raised their hands, but those who didn't raise their hands, that they would hear your voice, your voice of forgiveness, that grace that abounds, that mercy that's flowing like a river, God. I pray that every heart would hear your voice, speak to them, and in doing so, setting them free. We love you so much, Jesus, and we thank you so much, God, for all that you're doing in our lives, for all the changes that you're making in our lives. We give you honor. We give you glory. We so need you, Jesus. You're so good to us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Moses answered the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You speak <laughs> you know sometimes and i, I don't want to belabor this pat did you have something you wanted to share um, i don't want to belabor this but sometimes i think that as a body if we would get off with god like that there's a lot of things That he'd sort out in our heart. Sometimes I think we grow too dependent on ministers. And not dependent enough on God. Oh, don't shout me down now. You're receiving it. You're hearing it. You know, pastors are some of the most screwed up people on the face of the planet. Did you know that? Oh, they are. They are. I'm telling you, I'm telling you straight up, pastors are some of the most messed up people that walk the face of the planet, but they've learned something. They've learned how to take their messed upness and put it at the feet of Jesus. And he's comforted them in that. And he's helped them in that. And they comfort with the same comfort they've been comforted with. Pastors don't have it all together. Let me assure you of that. Huh? Can I get a witness? (laughs) Far from it. But we've learned how to take our weakness before the throne of God, before the throne of grace, and receive help in our time of need. And that's the heart of every pastor, is that in your weakness, you would find help from God in your time of need. Amen? Amen. Jared, you got anything you want to share? Don't feel pressured. I just, I'm asking you. I want to give you freedom. Come on.
2: That's the, that's one of the things that God's been, uh, had on my heart in the past, uh, I guess couple of weeks, uh a lot of y'all know I've been in a new place personally um, with a job and everything else and so we're going through a lot of changes but in talking to some different people and some different things I've seen um, I believe one of the things that God's doing right now is that uh, even in the church as a whole that there's a place that God's calling us like what Robbie was saying a place of calling out into a place of intimacy with God um, I know personally for me that, that there's this thing that's going on in my heart right now that um, I'm trying not to interpret as uh, isolation i trying to pull away from people but there's this desire that I have I just want to get away and just be with God and just turn everything off and just be quiet and be still and um, it's easy for me to say it's because of everything going on and I'm working and I'm just trying to run from people and all that stuff but I really think there's something that God's doing right now um, where he's drawing people into that place and in Hosea there's a passage in Hosea verse it's chapter 2 verse uh I think it's 14, where God says, I'll allure her into the wilderness so I can speak kindly to her. And if you read chapter, verse 16, it says, I'll allure her into the wilderness. And when she comes out of the wilderness, she'll no longer call me Bali, but she'll call me Ishi. And the word Bali means master, and the word Ishi means husband. So God allures her into the wilderness so that she gets rid of the slave mentality and comes out of the wilderness with the mentality of God as a lover. And I believe that there's something that God's doing right now, and I don't know if it's just for dwelling place, or I don't know if it's something that God's doing corporately. Um, I, I've even talked to some people overseas that, um, or I've seen some things overseas where people are kind of in the same place, where God's doing this thing where he's drawing people into the place of just getting into a place of just silence with God. Um, and I don't, I don't know exactly how all that completely fits in, but um, I, I just want to let you know I've had to fight it some. I I felt really selfish with it. Um, I felt like I've been trying to hide from people. But I really honestly believe that it's something that God's doing. Just to get back to the foundation, of my first and foremost thing has got to be the amount of time that I spend with my head laying on the chest of Jesus. That's got to be where my foundation's at. And I spend a whole lot of time running around doing a lot of good stuff. But all that good stuff takes me away from the place that I'm supposed to be at sometimes. And sometimes the place I'm supposed to be at, I feel guilty for being there. So I go find stuff to do that I, makes me feel better. Makes me feel better about what I'm doing. And when I'm doing that, I'm missing where I'm supposed to be. So I just wanted to share that. Just, if, you, if you're in that place or if God's doing that, don't feel bad about that. Don't feel bad if you feel like there's a place where God's drawing you back right now. Where he's pulling you out a little bit. That's Okay. It's okay for a season to get into that place of just being in the stillness with God. Just being in that quiet place. Even Jesus got away. He would go to the garden where nobody was around to just to be with his Father. He would go just to be in the quiet place. I don't, like Robbie was saying, I don't want to belabor it, but um, I I just do, Um, and maybe it's just me personally, Um, maybe it's, you know, a corporate thing, I I don't know, I don't want to try to make it something that it's not, but um, I know for me, it's been really weird, Um, I haven't been in that place in a long time, Um, I get caught up in the rat race of uh, trying to do, and I feel like in my doing is where God gets proud. Um, in my doing is where I hear that thing of, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, because I'm running. You know, if I meet with 25 people in a week, you know, that's my quota. Um, you know, but I, I really think that there's a place that, that God's just saying, be still. Um, just find that place of rest. And even if that place of rest is in, meet with people. Um, you know, but being able to f- make sure that we find that place to just get away.
0: He knows her daddy. Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you, God, for your presence and your spirit. And God, thank you for speaking to our hearts today, setting us free. I'm so grateful, Lord. Just give you our lives today, and, and uh, we we'll give you our dreams today. And, uh, we pray, Jesus, that you give us fresh vision, help us to see again. In Jesus' name. Amen.